welcome to episode five of the Green and Healthy Places podcast, in which we take a deep dive into the world of sustainability and wellness in real estate and hospitality. My name is Matt Morley. I'm the founder of Biophilico Design and Biofit Nature Gyms, and I'm all about green and healthy places. This time around, we are with James Mark, COO of the Therm Group UK, the brand behind a number of large-scale, fully sustainable and nature-focused wellness resorts around Germany and Bucharest, with a new 28-acre site on the way in Manchester, England, scheduled for late 2023, and more in the pipeline, it seems. Their first property opened in 2010. They launched the flagship product in Bucharest in 2016. It's a LEED Platinum certified, fully sustainable thermal resort that receives over 1.3 million visitors per year. With James, we cover everything from Therm's views on immersive experiences that function as social infrastructure for city dwellers starved of access to nature, the role of biophilic architecture and health-oriented landscaping, dreams of on-site hydroponic farm-to-table dining, the true meaning of wellness in a post-COVID world, and the role art can play in crafting a memorable guest experience. Therm clearly have their sights set on doing big things, not just in the UK, but around Europe. And they do things on a serious scale with lofty ambitions that come backed up with the firepower of scientific research, expert advisory panels, and more. I found this a fascinating conversation from a brand that has a really bright future ahead. So here's James Mark, COO of the Therm Group UK. James, thanks for joining us today. I think a great way to start would be just to have a quick intro from yourself on your own professional background and perhaps link to that then your role at Therm today and within the business. Uh, great, Matt. Thanks very much. And thank you for having me uh, on your on your podcast. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, so yes, James Mark, I'm the Chief Operating Officer of Thermo Group UK. Um, we are uh, an organisation that uh, is designing, building and operating uh, world-leading well-being resorts. And um, we are uh, in a process of uh, building uh, our platform for the resorts uh, globally now outside of our sort of central European um, base. Uh, my background is that uh, I've uh, actually come from the uh, more from the um, events industry and uh, had sort of 25 years uh, previous experience uh, working in uh, venues, international venues and uh, major global events uh, as part of um, you know, leading the management teams and operational uh, operational commercial uh, aspects of the business. So from uh, sort of Earl's Court Exhibition Centre when it was there uh, to executive director at Exa London, uh, and then uh, heavily involved in sort of Olympic planning for Excel uh, in the uh, Olympic Park, also for the World Athletics and general manager for the stadium. So a whole kind of variety of experience in that space. Uh, and now I've come on board to join the uh, the uh, leadership team for Thermal Group UK to, along with my colleagues, lead the expansion uh, of Thermal Group into the UK. I mean, it's an interesting connection, isn't it? I mean, if one looks at what, what Thermo are doing, one might have thought, well, perhaps someone from, from the real estate world directly or someone coming in from hospitality. But that re- there's an interesting connection there, isn't there, between these sort of large-scale event venues and what you're, you're, you're going to be doing within the UK and starting off in Manchester? 
Yeah, I think you know it's it's a it's a broad range of skill set that have come together to develop a, a business concept like this into the UK. Uh, and for sure, you know we have people uh, on our executive team, you know, that have um, you know, in-depth uh, development experience. Uh, and for my side, you know, operating on the on the client. Um, on the client side within within venues uh, you know, i've been involved in lots of developments like such as the uh, um the building of exa initially and the development of london's international convention center so i'm very familiar with the landscape of uh, of uh, designing and building you know, large large scale public uh, venues and of course you know ultimately you know Thoma group is about building facilities that are for uh, the public and uh, and you know large pieces of what we see is sort of social infrastructure projects, you know, to sit in the heart of heart of our cities. And so, yeah, from that perspective, um, and uh, and my remit particularly to lead on, on operational developments, and and then ultimately, you know, take take the view of um, of running our facilities. Uh, you know, we're we're a, we're a well built team, should we say, for delivering the job. You mentioned the idea of these sort of wellness resorts that exist in the very heart of a city. And I think, again, that's just a, it's a fascinating positioning because one might have thought well, a wellness resort, typically perhaps you know, outside of the city centre, but you're obviously going for that. You're, you're looking to sort of bring that wellness resort concept into a more urban environment. And how does, how does the interplay between water and landscaping fit into that? And how do you integrate all of those within uh, a city context? Yeah, so I mean, it's it's extremely important. It's it's absolutely crucial to uh, the the overall proposition. I think it's uh, it would be good to maybe for me to 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 say a little bit about you know the philosophy of the organisation because it is quite different from just thinking you know large scale uh, wellness resorts that uh, that you might uh, imagine uh, out in the world at the moment. So fundamentally, you know, our our belief is that well being should be accessible to all uh, and not just the people that can afford it. And I think you know um, what what we see you know often now is um, uh, is you know high end. Kind of luxury resorts that provide you know incredible sort of curated experiences, but really for you know a very small percentage of people who can afford to um, to benefit f- from that, and possibly the people that that you could argue maybe le- need it the least. Um, and uh, and so our concept, you know, kind of flips that on its head to an extent to say, well, how can you bring you know the same kinds of uh, experience and offer in terms of offering very high-end quality experiences that benefit people's health and and well-being, uh, but make it affordable and accessible to all. And and fundamentally, you know, part of that is you know is about um, is about the positioning of uh, of our facilities you know, in the heart of a city. So I mentioned already the the words you know, social infrastructure, and that, that's important because. You know, um, what we're not building really are large-scale tourist destinations, if you like. That you know, we, we, you could kind of put anywhere, and you know, a beautiful setting, and, and people would you know come and visit for a sort of a holiday experience. You know, what we're saying is, you know, that in cities, that people have uh, increasingly become disconnected with nature, uh, and that is a very, very important part of you know the makeup of us as as humans. Uh, and you know, so philosophically, you know, you can say that, um, you know, in, in the in the in the uh, in the existence of humans on the planet, you know, only a, a, a tiny percentage, you know, three or four percent of people ever have ever lived in cities, you know, over time. But now we're in a, a time where, 
you know, 50%, according to the UN, uh, of the world's population in the cities, and that is, you know, set to grow. So there's been this huge kind of inward migration into cities, and, you know, cities are incredible places of excitement and opportunity, uh, but they can also be, you know, extremely challenging for lots of people uh, for lots of different reasons. And and part of that, we believe, is very much around this, you know, this... Um, belief that you know as humans you know we are from nature we are part of nature and in cities it's very easy to become disconnected from nature uh, and that is you know fundamentally what we are um, what we are bringing we're bringing a facility on a large scale that would sit in a city that's for the people of that community of that city primarily uh, and uh, and helping people find uh, the opportunity to uh, reconnect with nature uh, and uh, and all the benefits that you know, we know that bring that that can bring uh, and give people that opportunity to um, you know have some have some uh, quality downtime in their lives, but also that they don't have to travel far for it, that they don't have to pay that much for it. Um, it's something they can do regularly. Uh, so yeah, I mean it's a it, the the water and landscape aspect of of what we do and bringing that into cities and why we are targeting city locations is uh, is completely fundamental you know, for those reasons. It's 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 that you know you can see uh, sm- smaller projects like this going on, whether it's a gym or a co-working space or you know at most perhaps a residential project. But it's the scale of what what you're attempting to do, what you are doing, and bringing to the UK in the future that that strikes me as really unique. I mean, it's it's almost uh, I just haven't seen anything else like it outside of places like Singapore, where they just seem to have a you know a different perspective on on how big they can go and how much they can do. But you know, short of building parks or literally sort of greening the city, you're limited to a small space, an indoor space, or at most perhaps you know a building of sort of modest dimensions. But this it, it's really quite ambitious stuff. Like where where did it all where did it come from originally? What was the sort of the nascent the sort of the initial birthplace of the idea? Like where, who was behind that and how did it come about? Well, the concept um, the concept uh, Thermogroup concepts dates back uh, to around twenty years ago. Um, it's a, in its current context, you know, it's about twenty years ago in Germany, uh, and as part of the group now, we have four. Uh, four operating facilities, three in Germany and our most recent facility in, in Bucharest. And that was very much, you know, I mean, we talk, uh, of course, now a lot about biophilic architecture and creating those spaces to reconnect people with nature. But, you know, that goes back to 20 years for us in the, in the, in the concept of how you, you know, create large-scale facilities that, um, that can bring lots of people together at an affordable price point uh, and, um, and, and connect people with nature in that way so you know it's um it's a concept that has been around for uh you know for a number of years but really i mean going if you think about it you know the the uh, if we look back again through um through all the different cultures around the world you know it is fundamental to uh, to most cultures to have you know a uh, a um uh, a, a culture of um, health and well-being that's that has some kind of water-based uh, activity in terms of healing and, and well-being and that sort of culture of uh, thermal waters you know clearly for the UK you know if you look back to of course the Romans who brought the bars to to the UK uh, all those years ago and then through our through our history you know you can see these sort of peaks and troughs at times when 
it was very much in fashion that people understood the benefits, you know, through the uh, through the different times with Victorian baths um, and outdoor swimming, the lidos and all that sort of all those sorts of uh, experiences that were there and taking the waters. You know, it's there in our culture. It's just we have lost a bit of um, we've lost sight of it really in the in the most recent um, century and. And that, uh, you know, is for a number of different reasons. But we do think that you know, now is the time, you know, that there's a real opportunity to uh, to help to bring that forward again at a time when people are so focused on, you know, wanting to um, you know, lead healthier lives. Um, you know, the, the, the whole feeling around preventative health, you know, preventative health agenda is is coming you know, back really strongly in this country. And of course, in some parts of the world, that was never lost. But you know, in this country, I think it, 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 you know, it's, uh, it's definitely taken a back seat. Um, so, you know, working with, you know, in the, in the communities that we are working with in the UK, also around the world, you know, working with the local authorities, you know, the health uh, agencies, etc., is really an important part of it because you're bringing, you know, lots of uh, opportunities for people to take a bit more personal control over their health and well-being in a in a, in a sort of preventative way. So, you, you obviously, on each new project, you're coming in from from a development perspective, and then once once a site's agreed, then you're quite quickly getting into the architecture and engineering piece. Now, you mentioned architecture a moment ago. The group has this sort of proprietary bio true architectural style. Can you can you explain a bit about how that that works and what its sort of key makeup is is about? Yes, yeah, so absolutely. So, I mean, it, it's a it's a very close. Um, you know, kind of derivative, if you like, of uh, a biophilic architecture, I'd say. But, you know, for us, we wanted to create um, a term that was representative for what we believe. And I think, you know, it is about biophilic architecture. I think the the, the, the particular element for us um, uh, that we wanted to um, to make very real is, is the truthfulness of it. You know, um, that what we're trying to do is not, um, I guess, recreate uh nature uh as a kind of spectacle or for for nature's sake if you like but actually you know it is very much about creating you know true natural environments and then you know how you know, humans interact with nature within that environment so I, i'll give you an example because we are we work with lots of different um lots of different people around the world um you know that research sits absolutely kind of fundamental to everything we do um, so, so you know, there's always this common theme of, of, uh, of, of very well researched and thought through um, you know, strategies. And you know, so, for example, we're, we're working with a professor in Florence um, who uh, is a plant neurobiologist um, called Stefano Mancuso, uh, who's, a, who's a great friend of, uh, of Thermo Group. And, uh, and he looks, for example, at the at different uh, aspects of you know, the human interaction with plants uh, and, of course, using plants as uh, to create fantastic kind of uh, air filtration systems within within buildings but also um you know to to think of it the other way that you know we are all part of you know one ecosystem ultimately uh, and how and what's our impact on on uh, on on plants in the way in in our own environments so we're kind of looking at all different aspects of uh, of this relationship between you know plants animals humans uh, and how we all interact interact together and share the planet as one ecosystem and i think what we try and do is represent that in our in our architecture um in what we what we call this a bio true uh, style that fundamentally you know it is um 
it is very much about you know designing spaces that uh, that generate well-being. Um, may, maybe another example I can give is uh, is also um, the research we do around, so we say, the science of of well-being uh, and how that might impact our architecture and the, and the idea of being uh, of us creating bio true buildings. Um, so we have a, a partnership uh, that um, that we're working with the University of Glasgow, uh, the epistemology department, um, Cogito, and uh, and that has stemmed from uh, a, a really a, a very simple you know thought of you know trying to understand well what what is well-being you know what does it mean at a at a kind of philosophical level you know right at the outset you know I think well-being would all say is a very kind of you know overly used maybe words nowadays in the same way that sustainability kind of went through that 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 uh that time of being the kind of word that everyone needed to be saying in their kind of marketing materials or whatever else and i think well-being possibly is, sort of, is coming to that point now and we're like well no you know we need to understand you know generally what uh, what well-being means um and uh, and how to translate that into buildings and architecture and the way people feel. So we started this program with them called the Dimensions of Wellbeing, and it, it's very much around that to look you know, right back at the fundamentals about what makes humans um, feel good and uh, and how architecture then can influence the way that people feel about being in a building. Uh, and so trying to develop develop that understanding. You know, and put some science behind you know the belief of uh, of, uh, of of well-being um what it means for people today so you know we look at all these sorts of different aspects and interactions um and uh, and that all comes together into this concept of bio true architecture it's there's this really fascinating crossover i think between those players who've been Talking about biophilic design and biophilia and bringing the outside world in uh, or indoor outdoor spaces and and this this the current context that's that's going on around us where almost you know we're having to rethink our relationship with the planet and and in many cases a, a more natural environment in an urban context is is going to be far healthier than than any um, previous uh, version that we've been able to put out there. It, it seems like the the current shift, clearly in a post-COVID world, is just opening up this really interesting dynamic around how actually nature and returning to a more natural state without trying to go backwards, just adapting to a more natural state. So when we think of, say, um, you know, the project in Manchester, you know, already there, I can see that that these are these are surely part of the the selling point, part of the. Um, of the, if you like, the sort of the amenities and the the services that you're offering, there must be something there around that that sort of natural state of health and well-being, right? Yeah, very very much so, very much so. And I think um, you know what uh, what our um, what our resorts bring is a real fantastic kind of exciting balance between um, you know having fun. Uh, and kind of passive um, activity, uh, which all kind of leads to, you know, having a, a, a great positive health and well-being outcome. So, you know, and, and it's brilliant because you, you just need to stand in the in the lobby of one of our facilities and see the expression on people's faces when they go in and, uh, and what they look like when they come out. Uh, and you know you, you can just see the uh, the positive impact you know that uh, a few hours in in one of our buildings has had and you know it, it, it's made up of 
uh, of uh, you know three or maybe four different sort of concept areas um, within a facility is sort of typically what what you would find, and this will be uh, also true in Manchester. Um, you know, so we have a kind of a family fun area um, uh, which we call Galaxy, and that's you know great fun for the kids with the, the sort of water slides and wave pools, but also you know the relaxation elements for the parents as well so you can still uh, benefit as a family from uh, from different experiences uh, then we have palm which is more an adult relaxation area with uh, mineral pools um, and, uh, uh, and, a, and a kind of a very large sort of generally hydrotherapy pool with retractable roof to be able to um, you know to make the most of you know creating the best possible kind of air and natural um, ventilation uh, we have an Elysium, which is uh, where we have all the different types of saunas and steam rooms. Um, we have an incredible, uh, um, it's a very theatrical element to, uh, to the uh, saunas, which is called Aufguss, uh, which is just a German word for infusion. Uh, and when you spend time in, in one of the saunas and you have an Aufguss experience, uh, which is kind of led by one of our Aufguss masters, you know, they are using you know, essential oils, different uh, uh, sounds, meditative, meditative experiences to kind of create this kind of incredible, you know, five minutes or so of, uh, of sauna experience, um, which is just a wonderful thing. And then finally, the Genesis area, which is all about looking back to the origins of well-being. And as I said, you know, when you look sort of through the through the cultures uh, around the world, you know, that everyone uh, everywhere really has you know, a culture of, of well-being. And, and Genesis is about trying to bring uh, all the different cultures from around the world, you know, into one space and then using technology, uh, which is a really important part of our business. It's a platform of technology that helps to deliver all the experiences to, to lots of people using technology to do that. So, you know, what, what might have been traditionally one-to-one -one treatments, you know, you can do uh, with technology to reach more people uh, and you know, again, that makes it kind of an affordable experience uh, and uh, and a very um, yeah, obviously a very 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 enjoyable one. So you get all these different things coming together, um, and you know, of course, as I said earlier on, this is a feeling of being based in the community, and of course, that means that what you don't want is it's just a a kind of a you know, how can we say that it's something that it's kind of from outer space that sort of lands, you know, in the middle of a in the middle of a community and it's not at all connected to that community. So, you know, we're very careful that um, you know, everyone we do, you know, will have kind of core elements of creating these incredible kind of biodiverse environments, indoor tropical environments. Um but you know, and, and with those elements that I've just mentioned of this sort of proposition. But then um very much is is kind of embedded into the local community and by that we're sort of thinking about you know what the maybe what the natural resources are um in that area um i mean in in, um, in bucharest for example we use geothermal water there because it's available you know, manchester maybe not that but it'll be it will be looking for for other um uh other renewable energy sources um but then working with the community and that's at a a kind of a local government level um, to really think about how you know how um, how you can work with local government to make the most of the opportunity of uh, of a therma. So, you know, for example, in, in Manchester, working with the mayor and uh, the mayor's team, um, and um, uh, really looking at their sort of health and uh, social care strategy, and thinking, well, how can Therma Group be be part of that, and how can we help design programs, for example, that 
that deal with particular challenges for them, you know, uh, and then thinking about how we work with the uh, the immediate um, in the immediate borough with schools, um, you know, um, uh, other health centres, you know, all sorts of different aspects of, of the community, uh, because that's what makes it unique, you know, and you find the identifying features. So, you know, in, in Manchester, one of the key aspects uh, uh, so for, in terms of the um, uh, iconography of it will be our central uh, rows. And, uh, and, the, and the rose is uh, uh, is a, a well-being garden that will sit in the middle of uh, the facility and be kind of accessible from different areas. Uh, and within that rose, you know, so when you when you see it from you know look down from above, if you like on Google Maps, you know, you'll see with the shape of the building that it will have this rose um, outline in this garden. Uh, and that's very much about again about a place of you know linking to. Um, uh, in the UK, obviously, we're kind of in England. We're particularly keen gardeners, and um, and the rose is very iconic as a as a flower. Um, but we're always looking for the connection points to uh, of how uh, a project will you know will um, uh, kind of be well knitted in, shall we say, with a local community. And then there'll be lots of experiences within that within that rose garden from uh, water based experiences, but also to kind of art and um, and, and cultural activities as well. So then there is that that sort of bridge into a a more aesthetic component to to the offer and and I've I've often thought that biophilia you know has that that um that element of beauty to it if if you if you're open to it if one sort of is able to to tap into it it's clearly there how have you integrated art because it's it's obviously a big part of of the brand concept overall how does that Play out in terms of the, the actual guest experience. Is it is it is, is it explicit or is it something that sort of is just subtly integrated overall? So Matt, it's, it's both really. I mean, I think um, you know on the kind of explicit front, it's um, you know we see it very much as sitting as part of the um, as part of the spiritual well being you know aspect that you know again as humans that we you know we uh, be by um by being in the environments that are influenced with with art and art and, and in um, art and architecture so in design that that is part of you know uh supporting kind of healthy spiritual well-being uh it makes you makes you feel good and have that appreciation i think that um you know, there. You know, we have that belief that you know that's uh, the role of art. You know, in our society, um, you know, is that it uh, and 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 uh, historically very much so. You know, art and culture. You know, it has been the driving force behind. You know, society and and uh, and changes in society, uh, always leading. Uh, and this relationship between um, between art and um, a culture and humans. You know, it, again, we, we are you know going right back to. You know, primitive man. You know, with uh, expressing it through um, you know cave paintings, for example. You know, it's always been a central part of uh, of our culture and society. So I think you know, certainly enhancing the environment. You know, with uh, with art, um, bringing it out of museums. You know, um, and uh, and galleries, uh, and bringing it into a place where you know it can it, the art can have more public uh, and wider appeal and more impact. Uh, on a wider group, but also the way that it then, you know, it, it then influences the experience. So whether it's using, you know, water or sculpture or painting, you know, they, all, all of it can help to enhance the environment. And of course, you know, for us and on this topic, you know, it's very much around, you know, thinking about 
the relationship with art and nature and using you know art and technology uh, actually to you know, a nature to um, to create really exciting um, new art pieces and you know we have a very very uh, a very strong uh, Thermo Art team and program that is uh, working around the world with partners such as Serpentine Galleries and Pace and British Council, Somerset House in London. So you know, we're working with lots of organisations and also lots of individual artists and, and architects as part of our art board to really look at how you know art and culture can influence you know city design as well and the thinking around you know cityscapes looking forward and the arts role within that so it's kind of at a macro level um, and we organize many forum events uh, we have a series going now called the world well-being cultural forum uh, they're looking at lots of different uh, aspects of uh, a civilization and um, uh, and you know city design uh, going forward and you know and then and then at a micro level as in in, in our facilities whereby you might have an artist, for example, help design a particular sauna, you know, and they might, the people, when you go into it, you might not realise that you're actually inside a piece of art. You know, some people might not realise it. Other people might think, oh, this is incredible. It'll have some kind of impact on them. But, you know, it, it's how you use art then in design to bring about, a, a you know, a better outcome and a more interesting outcome for those people and ultimately to benefit their uh, their well-being so yeah it's a it, it, definitely the role of art uh, is you know pivotal really in uh, in in our proposition um, as I say at both that kind of macro thought leadership level and uh, and in the day-to-day uh, -day of our facilities because increasingly we're seeing the both the lead uh, the US Green Building Council and the well building certifications uh, recognizing or looking for ways to recognize projects and developments that, that do exactly that, which is is to you know, put a, a added priority around um, aesthetic beauty. And it's hard to pin down, obviously, without from a objective position. But the certifications, at least, have now found a way to give credits effectively for for those projects that, that do it. So you're obviously playing in that space. Just to take a step back, the, the lead and well certification, you, you, you've often gone for both on each project. Like, how do you see those? Is it a purely B2B play? Is it more about you know, adding value to the real estate? Or do you think it's, it's almost sort of future-proofing the projects because that's where buildings are going to be in 10, 15 years' time? Like, what's your take on that? I think that, um, you know, as kind of any certification scheme, I mean, there, there, it has its... Um, it has its positives for sure in uh, in helping to place it in people's minds as a sort of reference point. I mean, for for us, it's not about you know it's not about um, you know creating buildings to kind of tick a box in in that way with uh, so to speak ticking the ticking the lead box. But for sure, you know we are proud that our Bucharest facility you know is the first building of its in its category to to achieve lead platinum and i think that uh, you know it, it it does set a standard um it sets a standard for us uh you know as we're thinking about our future projects you know it helps as a reference point when you're talking to you know uh, new um regions about about what we do and how we do it and and uh, and i guess you know um uh, as Thermo Group, you can say the UK is, you know, as yet fairly unknown. Um, uh, even though you know the concept's been around for twenty years, you know, the UK and other parts of the world, you know, not not yet um, that that well known. You know, it, it helps to build um, 
the level of, uh, um, uh, uh, shall we say, gravitas confidence that, you know, that, um, you know, this is a, uh, a serious proposition. Um, and, um, and for sure, there will be other things over the in time that we will also uh, push on. And, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't put it out of our realm that we'll, we'll you know, that we would think of, you know, potentially setting some new standards, you know, that, uh, that maybe don't exist yet, because working with others, you know, um, you know, particularly, you know, listening to some of your other podcasts, you know, some of the guys you had brilliant speakers on previously, and, you know, uh, everyone is sort of playing, playing, I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but we're all part of a movement now, I think, of trying to raise this awareness of, of, uh, of uh, biophilia again. And, you know, it's, um, it, it's something that I think that uh, the more people are talking about it, you know, using those kind of certification schemes helps to raise that awareness. So yeah, it, it doesn't drive our strategy, but it's 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 helpful, you know, and uh, and yeah, we will continue to use them uh, for the time being, certainly. I really uh, fully support it. I think it's also, you know, that combined with the work you're doing around the research, plus the the more sort of creative edge where you're out there doing the things that you're doing around art. I mean, I think it's just a, it's a really powerful combination when you put those, those things together. It's, it's quite unique, really. Looking ahead, future plans for site development. You've got the UK remit. You've got Manchester. Uh, you've got a pin on the map. What, what's, what's in the pipeline or what, what are you able to talk about at the moment? Yeah, so, I mean, we, we have a global strategy and uh, the UK is part of that global strategy. So we are, you know, in, in, in discussions and under MOUs in various regions around the world from Asia Pacific through to North America. Um, you know, myself and my colleagues are you know, tasked, uh, if you like, to um, to focus on the UK. Um, we have, um, you know, we, we believe that, you know, there's an opportunity in the UK for, uh, for us to, um, you know, develop a number of sites, probably maybe five sites around the UK that could reach maybe 90% of the UK's population you know, being within easy reach of a thermal resort. And from a kind of aspiration perspective, you know, that is that is what we believe, you know, is achievable and, and, and what we are setting out as our as our strategy. Um, you know, if we could uh if we can um you know deliver on that over the next you know 10 to 15 years you know that would be uh, an astonishing you know um success for uk uh, plc and i think that you know that fundamentally is is what's behind it is that you know that you can uh we can create and have really uh, meaningful impact on many many people's lives in the uk so we're looking in scotland we have uh, advanced talks uh, underway in Scotland, also in Wales for the sort of southwest region. Um, obviously, Manchester uh, is is uh, our planning permission is uh, has been granted, and we're we're progressing through to starting on site next year. Uh, and then in the London and the southeast, in London and the southeast, where you know we see the opportunity maybe for for two thermal resorts, uh, and again you know sites under discussion. Um, yeah, the intention being that we. That we identify sites, that we work with local partners, local authorities, uh, and then we we move through in a kind of a phased way to uh, to roll out um, the um, uh, the thermal concept, if you like, thermal group concept throughout the UK to the benefit of, uh, of many many people. So, in, in thinking about possible new features that you're looking to add or that you're integrating in that are really sort of out there on the innovative scale what about for example set up food and nutrition how do you tackle that within the resort context yeah it's a it's a great question and um uh to be honest with you one that you know, 
personally very excited about because you know, we are uh, looking at developing uh, a new concept around around food and beverage, uh, which will be really entirely innovative, I think, within the sector. Uh, I mean, already, of course, you know, we we consider you know the importance of food and nutrition on health and well-being. I mean, that's a, it's a kind of a given. Um, but you know, to think about how you take that forward, uh, you know, what we're really uh, focused on is how you create. Um, say curate an experience a food experience that is it, it could be very personal to that individual uh, and by that you know really thinking about well what is going to be good for that person and how do you help them make the right food choices whilst they're in uh, whilst they're inside the therma and that obviously you know, we're thinking about how you might you know, monitor um you know take certain you know readings understand more about the person to be able to then help them with their dietary requirements and of course as we know, we're all different, and it's not just about likes and uh, wants. It's about you know actually what's what's going to work for us, uh, and then helping us to make those decisions you know long term. Uh, but 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 of course also really important is the is food provenance, and, and and on that note, you know we're really thinking about well how could we you know genuinely create a system whereby you know thinking about vertical farming for example you know on sites you know how can you um, you know, in cities, one of the challenges is, you know, food production and, you know, and obviously all the challenges of moving food around the globe. Um, so how do we really work with local suppliers, you know, possibly, um, you know, grow our own, uh, you know, create these new systems of being able to you know, develop uh, menus that come straight from the source of the food production. And literally, you know, how amazing would it be to actually have food you know, um, harvested and be you know, on a table, you know, within a matter of an hour or two, you know, because of the way that's being set up. So, you know, we're really thinking hard about um, about that whole food experience on a personal level for the individual, from a wellbeing perspective, but then also uh, at a kind of organisational level and uh, and what is, um, you know, what is right on the scale that we're operating on uh, to be able to deliver sustainable uh, sustainable food and beverage proposition. It's a fascinating concept and it's going to be really, really interesting to see how you roll it out over the next few years. I'm going to be respectful of your time. Thank you so much. I think there's a lot in that. There really is. There's so much to unpack from what you're up to. It's it's uh, just great to see such large scale and, and sort of bold projects coming through now in this space. So good on you. <laughs> thanks very much. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Maybe if I just leave, leave you with one, you know, the, the one sort of final thought of that is just, you know, this, uh, this, um, you know, the real kind of intention to you know, be creating you know, these biodiverse uh, facilities in in our cities, you know, which are affordable, which are inclusive, you know, that have over 200 plants inside, you know, all the different aspects of um, of uh, health and well-being. Uh, and, the, and the thought I really want to leave you is that we are, um, uh, we've, we've recently published a, a paper um, uh, which uh, we've entitled Human Cities, um, Increasing Urban Wellbeing. And, and uh, if I could leave one message would be, you know, to people maybe to um, have a look at the website, uh, check that out at, um, at uh, thermogroup.com uh, and have the ability to download, uh, download that, uh, that green paper. Uh, it's really focused on trying to raise the discussion and awareness of some of those challenges uh, and yeah, as we've been talking about today, and uh, and giving some thoughts around what um, you know maybe what cities of the future um, could be thinking about, and uh, and working with uh, lots of colleagues such as the people you had on on previously. Um, so yeah, thank you very much 
for your time today, Matt. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you.